This is Faith and Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Lena. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Mark. Thanks, guys, for turning us on this time. we got to remind you to like all our posts and share them with your friends. Um, if this is helpful to you, it's probably helpful to someone else. So make sure to share it. And I don't know if you guys know how to do this because it's not happening. But if you just slide your finger along the stars on iTunes, just whoop, all the way up, that gives us five stars. And that's actually super powerful and helpful. Even though it's like nothing for you, it's really helpful for us. If you can make that noise again, it might. Whoop. There you go. Now they got it. Well, that's, you know, I was thinking it's Key. all important noise. Yeah. Yeah. They it really it. colors a picture for them. Anyway, just give us that rate. Give us that review. Super simple, but it's very helpful for us. That's my speech. Stick, speech, whatever. Yeah. A lot more confident than other people. Great job. Yeah. Great job, Lena. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love this part. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you talking about, Matt? So today we're going to talk about marriage. In what context, Matt? Sex and singleness. And marriage. Yeah. See how that all dovetails together? It's the name of the series. The trinity of relationships. So we, uh, we are all in the mood. Speaking of, yeah, speaking of the, probably speaking not of the, the best trinity. subject to be talking about. <laughs> we're, we're, in a, we're in a mood of that. It's a nice marriage between. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Everybody just keep getting that and fast forward by 30 seconds. You'll get right past this. And <laughs> all right. So we've been talking about sex and singleness, and that leads us then into marriage. And so. So summarize the point about sex. It's worship. It's fun. It's good. Um, God-ordained, God-given. Is it restricted in any way, Matt? Yes. And what Jesus. restriction? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> this is not the Sunday school. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's to be done in the confines of marriage. And anything else? No. No. So then what about singleness? Summarize that, or do you want me to? Since I'm just literally asking you this question, and you're not even did, did I get ready. them right? You you did extremely well. well I'm great. I'm very proud of you. All right, so, yeah. So. Talk about singleness. All right, so everyone starts out single. Bible expects you're going to become <laughs> married, right? I mean, singleness is just part of the human right a passage, but it's not the normative, right? Right, it's not That's, the default design, right? Right, so. We should be raising our children with the idea that they should be wanting and moving toward marriage, which means then as parents, we are training our children and preparing our ch- children toward that if we're being faithful, uh, to be godly mates, uh, fulfilling the design that God has ordained for both the male and the female. Um, and in all of that, then young men should be preparing themselves so that they are attractive to a young lady with, with that issue of marriage. We we deal with this pastorally because guys will come to us and they're in their twenties and they're struggling with pornography. They're what would be proper desires, and they're just trying to stifle them. When the scripture would say, "You don't stifle them; you go get married." Married. married. That's right, and it's that simple. It's not rocket science. It's if you cannot bring yourself under self control on this area, it's not wrong. It just needs to be resolved in a lawful, God-honoring way, so go get married. The problem is that a lot of the young guys and girls are not thinking that way, 
And so when all of a sudden they want to get married, they're not even remotely ready or they're not attractive. Um, they're not capable of finding a mate or attracting one because they've done nothing in their life to prepare themselves. So we kind of jumped on that and talked about people and their demeanor, their posture, their speech, their finances, the whole thing. Um, I think your counsel was take a shower. For Starting some, that that's like yeah. your first step. You know, pull your pants up. Yeah. <laughs> Wear um, pants that fit. Well, sometimes the simple things get overlooked, but yeah, you just get to remind yourself sometimes. Well, Make your bed. Just wake up a little well, early and take a shower. Yeah, that's there's actually a famous speech by yeah. some admiral or something. Yeah. He's like, just get up every day and make your bed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. you guys ever hear John MacArthur's little story about that? Who's that? About the cake? No, not about cake. He... <laughs> I use that all the time. Oh, the that's a great one. one yeah. No, he... I'm going to screw this up, but it's basically this, is that when he was a young man in college, he realized he was just frittering his life and kind of going nowhere. And so he made the decision um, to begin to develop self-control. And the way he did it was... I'm going to just wake up, and the same thing, I'm going to make my bed, and I'm going to keep my part of the dorm clean. It was That was his first step. And he just decided that's what's going to happen every day, and he began to practice that. And then he just began to expand that into other aspects of his life <clears throat> until basically he became a man who was very... Uh, Self-controlled. And it allows him now to maintain an incredibly busy lifestyle um, at a a very high level that he does because he is able to control things uh, that others would be quickly distracted by. And and he he tells that story to all the seminary students, Mm -hmm. or at least he used to do it, because he would talk about, you know, you're complaining about how busy you are. And basically, he's like, trust me, I'm busier than you are. And I get it all done. And it's not because I'm smarter than you. It's just I, I have learned the practice of sitting. I mean, he literally says, gluing my butt to the chair mm. until my task is done. Yeah. And he says, not giving an option. Um, it's just what I've learned to do. And, and it's really the same thing with young men and women. It's just learning. But again, if they haven't had parents teach them, it, yeah. it's just hard. But learning to begin to bring their life under control uh, rather than my teenage years are to be spent pursuing baseball and sports and f- cars and fun and fashion and whatever else they might be doing. it. It's, no, I'm actually being prepared to enter into marriage. And uh, mom and dad would do well to hear this and think about if they have little children, what am I doing to prepare my daughter toward marriage, my son toward marriage? So we dealt, dealt with all of that as well. I hope that was helpful. Um, and if it pr- produced questions, I mean, just we'll ask take us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. because we actually are passionate about this because as pastors, we're trying to help so many younger people who say, I want to get married. But it's like, you, I mean, so far what you have to bring to the yeah. table is incredible school debt, yeah. no degree, and no marketable skills. You can't manage your money, and you're still living in your parents' house. I mean— Okay, I'm glad you want to get married. That's a righteous desire. But when do you start to grow up? So it's brutal, but it's true. So with all of that, we want to then get into now as we talk to the younger people and we're talking about, why don't you get married? Um, And they give us the look, you know, that what? And we begin to talk to them. We find that there's a lot of people who have, frankly, just some really silly 
the script actually says, and I wrote it, idiotic uh, standards for a marriage. Yeah, that's a, that's a Mad Henry phrase right there. Yeah, idiotic. idiotic standards. That and stupid. <laughs> but, well, it is what it is. Sure. I am what I am. Yep. And I'm married mm-hmm. 34 years. Bam. <laughs> some right. I, I, I have pretty much shut the book on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Be Great Mad radio. Henry. <laughs> oh, no. Humility and how I attained it. In yeah. two volumes. <laughs> but it's true, though. They're, they're, one of the things we discovered is that people do have silly standards or idiotic standards <laughs> for... <laughs> For marriage um, and what they're looking for and what they think they need and what they think other people should have. And what they also have to offer. Well, right. You're I like, mean, you're like 20 years old, right? You think you're arrived and, and yet you have these expectations and standards for a potential spouse and you're struggling to make your bed. Yeah. You know. Or shower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... We, we would say these are just some, we're not going to lay out a theology of marriage here. These are just some principles for people or categories to think about marriage or potential spouse. Yeah. Um, and so in light of the, the high standards that we do set, um, we would say don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. Yeah, Paul just talks about that in Romans. Uh, and now he's dealing with it in with regard to the nature of our faith and our giftedness. Yeah. But we all tend to rate ourselves far more than everyone around us. Yeah. And in marriage, it's it's so common. It's almost laughable when you look at some guys and you're like, my wife just shakes her head. She's like, what were they thinking? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. They're like, have they looked at themselves in the mirror? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't know. They, they don't. And she's like, you know, if you're going to go for that person, you better be, yeah. have something. You got and, these D guys wanting A girls. Right. Yeah. Or the other way around. Yeah. So, and then they also don't even know what a real a girl is, much less do they know what an a guy is. Right. And so, yeah, yeah, they're pursuing a worldly standard that they don't even rate to. <laughs> I'm, I mean, again, they're a d guy chasing after an a girl or something. But then, even that's wrong because they they don't even know what they ought to be or what they ought to be looking for in a wife that's going to make this a marriage that's honoring to God and right. lasts. Yeah, so so don't don't think more highly of yourself right. than you ought. At the same time, don't think more lowly of yourself than you ought. And this one would be especially true for women, I yeah. think, yeah. because in the marriage relationship, you're being placed into that weaker position. Um, you are this weaker vessel. And it has nothing, not much to do with emotions and things like that as much as just your position in that marriage. Right. You're the one who needs to submit. You're the one who needs to follow. Yeah. And so, you don't want to be shooting too low no. because you're you you're, follow this you're attaching your life. exactly yeah you're attaching yourself to them. And so have 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 good expectations, have fair biblical expectations of what this man ought to be, and you can discern what those are discern <laughs> what those are <laughs> by looking at trajectories and patterns and some of the tips that we gave in that previous yeah. podcast on singleness. But don't don't settle because. You know, the pond is small, and so you just, at all costs, need to just get married, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I, there's tragic stories. My wife and I 
we'll, we always think of this one lady that we knew, good friends of my wife, and she just wanted to be married. And we had moved to L.A., and she was talking to her over the phone, and she's like, well, I found a guy. Is he a Christian? Well, he, yeah, but he doesn't go to church. And all those classic things. He doesn't really go, and she hopes she can change him and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And they got married, and the guy ended up being literally physically abusive. It was no. beating her. And ultimately, that whole marriage just dissolved. And and she had been warned and warned and warned. But bottom line, she, she was afraid she'd stay single. And so she just settled. And it's like, no, don't. Just wait on the Lord. Let the Lord know the desires of your heart. And it's shocking what God can bring into your life if you just simply will trust him. But yeah. don't don't settle. Um, and what you said, Lena, kind of in passing, though, it's so true. It's like, this is a guy you're going to be following and submitting to for the rest of your life. Yeah. You better want to. You're hitching your wagon. And yeah. it's the same thing. I, I flip it around. We do this in premarital to the husband. It's like, yeah. this is a woman you're going to be leading. If you can't lead her today when she's putting her best foot forward, then... Yeah. yeah I, think, then, I think it was you, and it was a good illustration. You said you don't want to get into your marriage and then look behind you and there's just two trails the oh, yeah, entire way feet. because they're just yeah. digging their heels in Yeah, the if whole you could way. look spiritually with yeah. spiritual eyes at some marriages, it's two heel prints where the wife is digging her heels in, the guy's just dragging her and guys just get tired and give up and then the marriage just becomes that sad, dismal thing that so many people do. Yeah. So yeah, both, both sides asking questions but there's some, now I'll use the word stupid, there's some stupid arguments uh, for not marrying yet. Uh, we hear this all the time when we're talking, well, why aren't you married? Uh, when we, especially when we talk to the guy um, or a guy and a girl and they've been, quote unquote, dating for years and they're like, why aren't you married? So the, one of them would be, um, well, we can't afford it right now. Um, well, that's just not true. What does it, it even mean? I don't know. I, I literally, I literally, right now, you're going to have two incomes together. Hopefully. Well, I mean, well, if they, I so, mean but but, like, yeah, but I mean, if not, what are you expecting? You know, if, if not, then you should, you shouldn't be dating them. It. If you're not capable of then carrying that relationship to the next level, the proper level of marriage, then what are you doing hanging out with each other? Because all you're going to do is get sexually involved. Well, it's I guess that, right? totally. Yeah, for sure. But, I'm just thinking like the logical of like, I so if you, it, if like, you work, both for? of you work part time as a barista and you're barely, that's what we were their, when we got married. <laughs> but, but you could afford to do so, right? Yeah, and we you didn't make, need you, a lot. We yeah, had each but, other. Well, that, that's what I tell I'm like. <laughs> you need a bed and a frying pan. And, yeah. and you don't that's even it. need a bed frame. Really, was, just a mattress. That's that was, that that was And uh, get Full an apartment. That, yeah, there you go. Bam, you're good. Um, <laughs> we were living good. Yeah. It, it, it's so simple. But I actually had a couple who were dating. And the guy just came to me, honestly. He's like, man, we're just struggling. Which... When a guy says we're just struggling to stay pure, that means they're just not being pure. Uh, and so I'm like, so you guys are sexually involved. And he's like, yeah, but we don't want to, but we keep doing it. And it's like, okay. I said, well, then get married. And he's like, what? I'm like, get what? Married. You need to. And he's he's like, well, we can't afford to. And you know, and then he said, my dad said, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be getting married yet. I need to finish school yet. I said, okay, then break up. Yeah. And he's like, what? I'm like, dude, you only have two options as a Christian. If you can't get married right now and you guys are not able to maintain true actual purity, then you need to break it off with her completely until you can get married. Um, 
And if, if you can't do that, then go get married. And then I actually sat with his father and appealed to him and, and just said, look, this is what's going on, whether you know it or not. This is what God says. They don't need much. They literally, and, and I asked him, I'm like, when you first got married, what was yeah. it like? And he's like, you're right, we didn't need much. I'm like, just encourage that for the sake of purity and everything else. And by God's grace, he got married. And Yeah, and this is why the, the previous conversation on what you can do to start preparing yourself as you're moving toward marriage as a single person is working hard to establish a lifestyle where you're living on your own, you're, you have a job, you're sustaining yourself, because then if you have a wife, just bring her into your one bedroom apartment. I mean, it's not gonna change yeah. that much yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't have kids. It'll, you don't it'll have, just get neater. That's, <laughs> what that's what I'm saying, exactly, right? You get some, More some better food. So and, even if she doesn't have a job, that's, that's a I mean, that argument falls flat because it presumes that you're gainfully employed, that you can support yourself as a full grown man outside of your parents' house. Yeah. So just invite her in. And part of that even, I, I, would, I try to, fathers just don't believe me, but it's like, get your daughters out of your, I mean, your sons out of your house as soon as they finish high school. Make them start doing that. And they should be saving money and they should be building the income and this, rather than just keep them in and let them keep spending their money and having fun. It's like, no, you're not helping the situation. So right. another, another one that we'll hear is, well, we want to wait and make sure we should marry. How would how would you? I would say for this, listen to our decision making podcast. <laughs> well, that, first of all, I mean we've said it multiple times, but this idea of there being this this one out there, you know, yeah. this perfect spouse for me, my yep. soulmate, is just a that's just not even a biblical concept. Um, and you know, we'll say it all the time. You know that it's the person that you were supposed to marry if you're married to them. Right. That's God's will. You only know his will by looking backwards. Right. Um, so you have clear biblical mandates. If you struggle with self-control and you're impure, get married. Yeah. That's it. And if you're not sure if you should be married to this girl, then you should be dating her. Right. I mean, if, I mean, you shouldn't be spending time with her. The whole goal of dating, yeah. and maybe we'll deal with the idea of courtship, but yeah. um, that's a hard one to explain. But... If you're dating merely for recreation and have fun, then you're already wrong. I mean, a, a, a girl does not exist for your pleasure without the responsibility of a covenant. And the same thing the other way around. So It's, it's a, it's a non-biblical category. I would almost say unbiblical category, but I'll, say with, I'll stick with non. Because you have singleness and you have marriage. That's yeah. it. There's no this in-between where you're kind of married or moving toward marriage or figuring out if you want to marry. In it's, fact, the betrothal though, in the biblical days was actually marriage. Covenant, it just yeah. was without the sexual aspect of it. Constantly, but yeah. you actually had to get a divorce right. um, if you decided not. But the whole point is, if you're not sure, then you should be breaking it off right now. Um, another one would be, I need to finish school first. It's the same thing. It doesn't take much. You can go to school together. Um, or one of you can work and, and, and one can finish school. I mean, you can work all of that out. But for the sake of purity, if you want this person and you want to spend your life with them, then get married and then figure out how all of that will work out. Yeah. It's not that hard to go to school married than it is unmarried. Um, there's yeah. nothing preventing you. In fact, right. now you have a, a natural study mate that you can make out with, too. <laughs> I mean, I, or cheat off chemistry tests. Or. Well... 
Who did that? I wouldn't mm. know. Lena. <laughs> Lena was cheating off your chemical. No. no. <laughs> Let's get real. Come on. <laughs> I'm not sure I could buy that she one. doesn't want to fail on purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also re- re- understanding rightly what the purpose of school is. So the purpose of school is to get you into a place of stable income. But if, if you're just, like, you know, you got to get the master's, you got to go on and get the PhD, you know, so on. Even undergrad. It's like all of that <laughs> is designed to make you employable. And, but if you're, if, if school's the goal and you got to finish school and that's yeah. the touchdown and that's the, the great thing in your life. And then you'll consider marriage as you appended to that. It's like, you're, you're missing. Yeah. Again, you're not thinking well. Yeah. These are culturally conditioned things. I was just going to say, are, you're just literally buying into everything in the culture yeah. from money to school to right. everything. Yeah. Well, it's and like, then w- one of our early, earlier podcasts, you said there's something in between. Oh yeah. The, um, the gap year. Self-actualization year. Oh yeah. Oh, so ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's, and it's true because, you know, we're, it's so jammed down our throats. We got to go and get an undergrad. Yeah. Right. Now we got to do the gap year, but then we'll do the undergrad, which is four or five, maybe six years because we can't figure out who we, we are. We've never gone into school with the intention. I'm going for this reason mm-hmm. to yeah. get an education in this particular field. It's just, you go right? I hope something and yeah. then change your major 17 yeah. times. Yeah. And then eight years later with tons of debt, you get out, but then they're telling you now that because undergrad, everyone, it's just, has, everyone it. has it, that's basically what high school used to be. Yeah. Now you have to get a master's mm-hmm. if you're going to be truly employable and above and beyond and get noticed. And so now people are doing that. Now you're 30. 31, yeah. 32 years old. Yeah. And, and, and you, are, you are now not just a guy who struggles with immorality, but very likely you're just an immoral man yeah. or an immoral woman. And, that, and that, I'm not trying to be a jerk there. It's just at some point now you have made a pattern in your life because you have natural desires that you have not submitted to the word of God and the spirit of God. And now you're trapped. And now you're, now you have all this baggage and your potential spouse bringing the baggage. It's not wise. Yeah. That's all we're asking and saying. Uh, another one would be, I'm too young. And it's like, if, no, you're no. not. You can do it. <laughs> no. You can get married. Well, yeah. Effective. What if you, you want the majority the... of history married at what? 14. I mean, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Typically the, the woman would be 12 or 13. Yeah. Right. It's she's hit puberty. Yeah. That's I mean, crazy. People think we're crazy saying that though. But, but like, yeah, but about once the body hits here. puberty, it's ready now to do what God built the body for, yeah. which is to procreate. So, um, you, yeah. It, but then we scratch our head when Teens my just, seventh grader yeah. is in some kind of relationship or activity that is ungodly and not right. It's like, except it's natural and normal. God built them that way. And so either you're, yeah, you're either as a parent smart enough to grasp that. Yeah. Um, I our, mean, our culture has said 18, so you got to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, yeah, in, most, in many of the states, I don't know what Wisconsin is, but in many states still with parental, I think it's as low as 15 in many. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not. As long as there's parental permission, um, it's still there, and there's nothing wrong with that if it was properly shepherded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. what you have is a 15-year-old who's acting like a 7-year-old. Right, exactly. Hooking up with some 28-year-old who's acting like an 18-year-old, and yeah. and then you wonder why trailer camps. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true, and uh, if you don't believe me, then don't. go to Arkansas. <laughs> Inbred Jed. Sorry, Arkansas. Well, I like Arkansas. There are some living trailer there camps. There are some trailer camps. A lot of seven-toed kids there. 
six. No. <laughs> oh no. No, this the, is the, bad. the quick story, all these Arkies and Okies from the that's what they were called. They, from the Dust Bowl they came across oh, yeah, in, okay. into California, they settled in what's uh in the high desert um uh, above LA. And they had these weird camps of trailers all just kind of camped around this little shack. <laughs> Mark's bagging and, out of this one. <laughs> He's like, we're done here. And it's not uncommon. I, I would talk to sheriff's deputies who had to deal with those areas, and you would just run into people, and he said, you got to the point where you start checking their fingers and toys, toes. Because, is this inbreeding? Is yeah, it's just yeah. Okay. seriously so like bad Western inbreeding going on, and it's just... It is what it is. You guys can laugh. We can cut this if you feel like it. No, but it's, fine. We'll it's real. Yeah. Anyhow, nobody thinks we're weird. Uh, uh, or the we're last, not extreme in the, anyway. But yeah, yeah, people are like, turn this off. <laughs> we're all done. And anyhow, the last one I'll say is you got to save money for the wedding. And it's like, you know what? Actually, spend less for your wedding. Yeah. Put that in the bank so that you can buy your first house or yes. pay down your debt or something like that. It, it, don't you dare spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars on a wedding if you can't afford it. Well, and and the other thing too is, well, we talk often. We're not. We don't care about the wedding as the pastors doing the thing. Right. We care about the covenant that's being made. Right. And it's one of the issues we run into sometimes with people who are engaged for like a year because they're saving up for this great grand wedding. Meanwhile, they're in all kinds of sin. sin. And it's like, it's all, you know, it's all about the covenants, about the vows that you make. And so if you understand marriage rightly, marriage has nothing to do with the day, but with everything that's going to come after that day. Right. So, and at a practical level, you don't remember your wedding. I mean, really? I do just you? remember wanting to get to the honeymoon as fast as possible. <laughs> well, I, I mean, honestly, crass, yeah, no, no, it's true. And I always, I even marvel at the receptions we have nowadays. When my wife and I got married, we had a cake. We had nuts and we had mints and punch. And that was like, there you go. Yeah. And we were done. Sounds like a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> it was. Nuts, you know, nuts and punches. And, and, but I mean, we cut the cake. We did all the obligatory thing. And yeah. I think our reception was about an hour. Mm-hmm. And then we were done. And now it's like, oh my gosh, are we going to sit here for a what? Yeah. Don't they want to go away? Don't. They've done so many secular studies of the amount of money you spend compared to the length of the marriage, and it's just sad. Yeah, but again, oh, people can disagree with all that. We're yeah. just saying, look, if you're trying to put off your getting married because of one of these kinds of excuses, you're just making an excuse. Um, and if you can't stay pure, then none of those matter. Go get married or break it off with it. Yeah. whoever this significant other is. Okay, so in light of that, what's the what's the key principle then for marriage? If, it, for a Christian marriage? Right. It has to be in the Lord, which is what 1 Corinthians 7.39 says. You must marry in the Lord, which means you you what you can't say is, well, I need to get married, and this guy will do. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's not a Christian. I, I, I'll just marry him. No, you must marry in the Lord. It needs to be a Christian marriage. So, like, we would never marry. Right. An unequal yoke. In fact, I actually would refuse if a girl got pregnant by a guy, and she's like, and he's not a Christian. She's a professing Christian, and she's like, "Well, we need to get married." I would say, "No, I, I won't marry you." I'm st- just because you chose to be immoral, and now the consequence of that's upon you, does not mean that you get married. And the same thing, I actually said this to a guy who got a girl pregnant. It's like, "I won't marry, and you can't marry her. She's not a believer. You need to." 
break it off, and now you're going to be the best father that you can mm. to that child, and you're going to care for him, and you're going to provide for her, but you don't get any of the benefits because you cannot bring more sin. He ignored me, got married, they later divorced, and now it's just a big mess. Um, yeah. Get married in the Lord. Beyond that, your options are open and endless. Yeah. But it, it comes with expectations. If this is a Christian marriage, it comes with expectations that you're both committed to faithfulness to the covenant of marriage. Yeah. And that, that's key. Um, it's those vows that you take. Mm. So you're, you're in a covenant relationship, which comes with covenant duties and covenant responsibilities that aren't dependent on each other. Right. Yes. So, so the husband's covenant duties to his wife have absolutely nothing to do with his wife's faithfulness. Mm. Right. And, mm. vice, and versa. vice versa. Yeah. These are, these are ordained of God and you're to be faithful to them regardless of their faithfulness or unfaithfulness yeah. to you. And, and so you're going to enter into marriage if you're biblically wise, just a little bit. You're, you're coming into that marriage already assuming problems because two sinners are coming together. Yeah. And so you embrace that. I, I try to make that so clear is, look, um, you need to learn to forgive each other and how to seek each other's forgiveness and practice that because early on you will be doing a lot of it. You'll be just failing. Uh, and it's part of life and the early years of marriage, part of that is just learning to live with one in a, live with one another in a manner that honors the Lord. It's which is love. That's love. Yeah. Biblical love is covenantal love. Yeah. It's not the feelings. It's not the emotions. None of those things. And it, so, so embrace that. It's, it's natural. Uh, or rather, it's not natural or it's not automatic. You don't just get married and live happily ever after. You get married and you find out that your husband has obnoxious habits and the wife doesn't look the same when she wakes up, you know? And it's just like, wow, this is not what I quite understood. And this is, I didn't realize this. And now you're going to be faithful to your covenant vows yep. that I will love my wife. I will seek to nurture her, cherish her, guard her, protect her, live with her in an understanding manner, right? Grant her honor. That's, that's my duty. I, it doesn't matter what she's acting like. That's my duty. And the other is I'm going to submit. I'm going to respect I'm going to live with him and, and as his helper, um, and you embrace those things. Now, there are practical measures, though, in the midst of all of this that you can do to help make the marriage early on do well. Yeah. Um, you want to kick them sure, off for so me? The, the first one would be being sexually available. Uh, we talked about this at length in the first episode, so we won't get into all that. But but it sexually available isn't just saying. Okay, if you want, really? you know, it's like, well, well, that that helps things out. It's it's literally a res being both of you seeking to be sexually responsive to each other, um, seeking each other out, recognizing that that this is a righteous act, a good act, and a necessary act, and a protective act. Yeah, and just a practical thing here, because I do have this conversation with people, is there's there's husbands that are frustrated because they feel like their wives don't initiate. And it's like, I feel like I'm always the one having to initiate and I just try and remind them that's in God's design. Men are the ones to pursue. And I understand the desire to want to be initiated, the desire to want to be needed and those kinds of things. But by and large, it should be on you. It should be the man pursuing that. And if, if you can put those categories in your mind, I think it will free up a lot of expectations that you have maybe on your wife that 
You yeah. don't have to be, and your frustration will be less. And on the other side, again, this would be another probably podcast, but recognizing that a husband, I mean, all the wife has to do is bend over and pick up a ice cube from the floor or something. He's like, hey, you know, it's like, <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, I'm sorry, but guys are very visually oriented yeah, and true. it takes very that's little true. to go from zero to a hundred for them. <laughs> but for a wife, there is that a side of, if she is, if she is being loved, truly loved by her husband in the biblical sense, not the romantic silliness, yeah. and she's being cared for and nurtured and, and she realizes that she is his delight. Um, it's it makes things a lot more natural for her on the other side where you know he's not being a jerk practicing his belching skills all the time leaving his stuff all over the house and then all of a sudden at nighttime it's like hey babe and he somehow expects her yep. to look at him and say man those, uh, those... By, by faith i am respecting you but you really annoy me yeah there, there was a, a i think a lady in our church who said men are kind of like microwaves <laughs> and women like ovens. Yeah. You know, like men can just zero to 60, as you said. Mm-hmm. And they need preheating? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say it. Preheating. <laughs> I just thought it was a decent analogy. It is. Uh, another one would be keep short accounts, meaning learn yeah. to forgive each other. Uh, you're going to sin. You're going to, if you're not, early on in your marriage, especially, if you're not seeking each other's forgiveness at least once a day, then you're lying to each other. Yeah. I mean, you're probably sinning. Um, so think about it. Keep short accounts. Don't let them build up. So I would say also create a a culture of confession. Um, and and men should lead in this too. Yep. Is confess often to your wife, um, so that she now feels comfortable doing the same with you. And then then you're going to be modeling wonderful things for your children. As well, well, I, I yeah. was going to say that then flows into your children. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many parents I'll ask or. It's like, okay, you got a problem child. So I talked to them. I'm like, when was the last time your dad confessed sin to you? And they're like, oh, it's like, what? And it's because it's like, you know, they're sinning against their son. He's ready to leave home and run away and everything else. What's going on? But they don't model it. And and it means they're not modeling it to one another, husband and wife either. Uh, Be committed to your biblically established roles. Instead of trying to figure out a way around what God has said, our direct commands, embrace them. Yeah. And the better you do that. But again, that's going to be hard when you were raised in a secular home, right? Yeah. Um, so you had no models and you had no instruction and now you're in it. Now that's going to be harder and you're going to have to both be patient. That's where short accounts come in. Hopefully though, that then you decide that when you raise your children, I'm going to raise my daughters to be daughters, my my sons to be men. And we're going to, we're going to put those things in their hearts at, at a young age. So it's, not such a fight. Yeah. Uh, another one would be understand that your your early years of marriage are not merely to just have fun together. Right. Um, rather, view those early years as a time to build a stable and one flesh relationship where you become unified in your marriage and create a unified front in your home. If it's just if it's just having fun, going out, playing, I mean, then that's what your marriage. That'll be the substance of your marriage. Right. But then when you get bored, yeah. What are you left with? Right. 
And now all of a sudden the man caves, the she sheds, the she sheds. <laughs> Apparently that's a new thing, right? <laughs> I didn't hear. I've never heard that. You one, never heard. No. Oh, it's oh, a you new haven't thing. Seen it's that a State Farm commercial. Yeah, but no, she sheds on They're doing, cable they're, doing a, they're doing a riff on that. But I, I found that out. They're, they're actually making she sheds because it's like if a man can have a man cave, I can have a she shed. And it's like whatever. But it makes sense to me. The whole point of it is that you're 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 now living together. For the sort purpose of. of maybe making children or whatever, but you're not married. You're not functioning like a, a godly married yeah. couple, and, and now you're not modeling a biblical picture of what the church. Uh, I mean, what the marriage is. Yeah. All right. What else? So another thing we would say here is that marriage quickly moves from the primacy of, of the physical in that physical relationship to other things, um, and so it is worth noting that very little of the New Testament talks about the sexual or the physical side of a marriage. Um, rather, it speaks much of the roles and the duties of the men and the women respectively in the marriage. Right. So a woman growing in, in loveliness is one cared for by her husband. A good husband seeks to know and understand his wife. A good husband will grant her much honor. These are just the roles and responsibilities that they have toward one and, another. And that's hard work. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that mm -hmm. means, again, hopefully he's been taught these things, but to become a student of your wife so that you know her, you know what what encourages her and builds her up. And you should be watching a wife from early marriage through those next five, 10 years flourish. And if she's not, then there's something wrong. The husband's not doing something most likely um, and not leading her in a way that's good. It's hard work, but you will find that if it's all about sex, and then leave me alone, I got my own things to do, you know, then he has not yet embraced a biblical idea of yeah. what a husband is. And we're going to actually talk about some of that yeah. in another podcast. Yeah, your, your roommates who share a bed and a budget. Right. Uh, on the other side, you want to see a happy husband, find a husband who has a faithful, and I emphasize that, a faithful companion, a faithful helper, um, where he's not having every decision he makes is not met with why and yeah. challenges and arguments and resistance. He has, he has a person he knows that's beside him um, that truly is his helper. Uh, she respects him. She shows him honor. Um, she's not fighting him for her own purposes. Uh, so mar many marriages, it's just arguing and fighting and who's going to win the argument this yeah. time and what's the cost out of this time. Uh, I've literally had men say when I, I talk to them about their roles and they're realizing the cost that that's going to bring early on, I've had men say, I like sex too much. I'm just not willing to do that. And I'm like, okay, then I have nothing more to say to you. I, I can't help you because you've now relegated your call as a husband to lead your wife and your household as something less important than your personal sexual gratification. You can't do it. I, I'm sorry. So it's very important. When you have those things working well, uh, then the physical side for both parties yeah. is far more natural and it'll just take care of itself. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say, we were joking about the preheating and everything, but like when this biblical model is functioning well, it's, that's the refuge. The marriage is the refuge and the physical is just yes. so natural then, you know, a husband's coming home to a place that's safe where wife is on his side and that now, and together they're, they're, I mean, he essentially is the forward uh, face of the household to this world. His wife is helping him in those things. Again, another podcast, we don't want to go down there, but yeah. it is, it's so much better. 
Yeah. So, so with this episode, our goal isn't to talk about what marriage is or build a theology of it, but rather this whole series has been to just say, get married. Yeah. Um, that is the biblical expectation and the natural design of God. Um, the only principle, the only principle is that you should marry in the Lord. Right. Um, all these other things are expectations that may be good, may be decent, but they're not necessarily biblical. Right. Um, so if you enter into your marriage with both people having biblical convictions, yeah. wonderful things will happen. I mean, even in things like arguments, it's like you don't have the option not to reconcile right. because you both operate on that conviction that this is what's right before the Lord. And divorce is not an option, so yeah, we're going to work this out. Yeah. So it, it takes a lot of work. Takes a lot of figuring out as you grow in your marriage, especially in those early years. But the most important thing is that you're both, again, controlled by those biblical convictions based on a right understanding of your role and responsibility right. as either a man or a woman in that marriage. And when that happens, it's amazing how quickly so many things get resolved. So, so to sum all of this stuff up, it we're raising up people who enter into their young adult years sexually charged and wanting that, that, but that we're not showing them what godly singleness looks like and what its purpose is for. And then we have people who are single who are trying to stay pure, but they are ignoring the one thing that God gave them to be pure. And that is, if you can't be able to maintain self-control, get married. And then they come up with all these silly things about what marriage is. So they make everything hard. Yeah. What we're trying to say in these three simple podcasts is it's not that hard. If you want to have sex, go get a wife or a husband. That's, but do it in the Lord and figure out what a godly marriage looks like. And if you're a parent raising up kids, why don't you help them out a little by training them and modeling for them what all of that looks like so that as they enter into adulthood, they're already primed and ready. They know what they're looking for. They know what to expect and, and good things happen. Fair enough? Like, comment, share, get married. Get married.